Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottagecore life. Today, we're taking the show on the road. Well, not literally, but kind of. Today, we're going to go over what it's like to travel alone by coach. Now, before you get too far, I don't mean by stagecoach or by hired carriage. No, I mean by coach as in modern coaches. I'm talking about by bus. How do you travel across great distances by motorized coach by yourself safely and with as much comfort as able? So, take out your big book of stuff, because now we're going to cover how to travel alone by motorized coach. And I don't mean by railway coaches. That's another episode. No, this is simply by what you would call a bus, or for my friends overseas, autobuses. Alright, let's get started. So the first thing you might notice in this particular episode is I didn't tell you what section to turn to in your big book of stuff. And that's because you might want to put this in its own little book, its own little section, its own little, you know, set apart section. Because in this particular segment of our podcast series, in this part of our journey, this is going to be so unlike the rest of most of the episodes that it does need to be a little bit set apart because these are practical life instructions and you might want to like print them out or take them with you. They're not that complicated. They really aren't. But sometimes it doesn't hurt to just make sure that you run a checklist before you leave. All right. So let's talk about the first thing. And the first thing that you want to remember is that we are taking this particular list from after you've already booked your passage. You've already gotten your tickets, you've made your reservations. We're not going to deal with when you check into your hotel. We're not doing any of that. This simply is about the traveling. And the first thing you want to do is make sure you have a proper traveling garment or traveling attire. Let's talk about what that means. If you're an aficionado of older movies or historical romances, you may have heard of traveling clothes or traveling garments. If you listening to this uh, podcast right now are familiar with certain African-American literature and music, you know about traveling shoes. Uh, and you'd understand that the shoes and the clothing that you travel with in your on your person are not always the same things you'd wear every day. It's not quite uh, religious attendance uh, garments, like as they call it, church clothes or Sunday clothes, and it's not quite the same amount of clo- same style of clothing you'd wear to the office. It's very different. It's a bit more durable because when you're traveling, you don't know what you might encounter, and if you're traveling a great distance 
what can happen is you go from climate to climate. So it has to be something that's pretty durable and that can be changed around a bit. Uh, you might want to keep an extra piece inside of a bag or inside of a briefcase or a backpack with you so that if it gets colder you can put it on underneath or if it gets warmer you'd be able to tuck it into there so it's very much about knowing where you're going versus where you are and the temperature conditions there now one way you can ascertain this is to check the weather report I mean that's pretty simple sometimes you want to check the farmers almanac if you're uh, planning this trip well in advance and as we know uh, with the global condition going on there are other precautions you may need to take uh, such as sanitizers and things like that so for this podcast we're going to presume and I know presuming is so presumptuous did it come on that was funny we're going to presume you've already done that so let's move on So I'm going to give you some suggested things you could wear. Please, by all means, don't feel that you have to do what I tell you to do. I'm not the boss of you. You have a chance to determine what you want to do on your own. It also depends on what you're comfortable in and any other cultural considerations that might come into play. For some of you, you may have garments you have to wear. And if that's the case, then I would recommend that you adjust my instructions or suggestions accordingly. Uh, Some of you have to wear certain religious garb. Again, adjust according to what your needs are. But these instructions will be generalized. And again, these are suggestions. I can't force you to do anything, but I can tell you what worked for me. Okay? And one of the first things I recommend is if you are for your base garment, your foundation garment, some people call those underclothes, for other people it's underwear, wear as many undergarments or foundation garments as you can because believe it or not, satin and silk uh, being an extra barrier between you and your clothing or if you're a man or dress in that way, an undershirt um, and longer shorts can be very helpful and you wouldn't think they would be but they are because what happens is that you create a barrier that's going to catch sweat that's going to add an additional layer of softness between you and the surface of whatever you're sitting upon at that time Um, it doesn't seem like it makes a difference I know I know but it really does now if you're going to a warmer or hotter climate then that is when you need to make sure that the foundation garments are as light colored as possible so that you're not overheated if it's the vice versa go the other way pretty much a nude kind of covers any situation another thing you want to keep in mind is that when you're traveling it is not uncommon for accidents to occur or incidents where you and your money seem to take different routes at some places. Yes, I'm talking about pickpockets and thieves. And one of the most important things you can do is to make sure that you're not careless in how you're carrying your money and your identification. One way to do that 
is to not store your identification in your phone case. I know many people do that. It's for ease. They think it's the safest way to do it. I'm here to tell you it is not because if your phone is snatched or you set it down and they take it, now they've got everything they need to impersonate you and access your accounts and you don't want that. So keep them in separate locations. Now you're often going to use things that you need to use in order to be able to be convenient. Again, ID should not have to be shown at every step of your trip. Only take them out when absolutely necessary. It has always been my understanding that using the bra as a bra kit, like a pocket, is very convenient. But you'll find that many people don't want to touch that. So one way to avoid this is to have an ID lanyard hanging from your neck and to wear it under your clothing. It's not very, uh, some, you know, very noticeable, and it's a way that you can have everything in, in reach, but not have it where someone could snatch it off. So wear it under your clothing, and if you have that extra layer between your under foundation garment and your regular garment, then it shouldn't be too uncomfortable. Then you can just pull it out. It's already in its own case, and easy peasy. So now that we've got that taken care of, what about your money? If you're carrying cash, and many of us do carry cash when you're on the road, don't keep all your cash in one place. This is going to sound old-fashioned, but you know what? Old-fashioned things that you still hear about usually work. You may find that in certain bus stations or train stations, they have uh, signs telling you, watch out for pickpockets, keep your belongings closely against your body and the first thing you're gonna do is reach for your belongings to check it and sometimes those signs are put there by people who actually want to know what side your things are kept on so don't fall for it you know make sure you know where your things are so you don't have to pad and look around same thing when you come out into a strange area in a strange city many things times the first thing you'll do if you're in a town that has tall buildings is you look up oh we know you're a tourist right there or you look around with your mouth open okay enjoy the experience understand that other people are monitoring your joy as well especially when you're arriving from a train station or a bus stop and we're talking about buses right now we're talking about coaches so definitely there are some unsavory characters hanging around that station so don't keep all your money in one place my recommendation keep it on that lanyard it's less likely to be found if possible keep some cash uh, preferably either inside your shoe or if you have one of the shoes that has a heel with a hidden compartment you can keep some in there as well if you are not sure you can use something called a money belt uh, this is something usually men wear but you can find them for women or you can make them and it's basically a belt that has a zippered section where you can insert cash. That's another way that you can make sure you have money. Another thing you can do is if you're wearing a dress, you have a whole other option. And that option is, if you're wearing a dress, you can literally pin it or sew it to the inside of the dress's skirt. You can sew it right at your hip, 
pounds so that you can have a little pocket there and that you won't lose it. It's very unlikely that someone would actually uh, be able to ask for it because it's completely underneath your dress. And so you'd actually have to strip down to get to it. This is emergency money. You can access it at a rest stop in the restroom if you had to. But if you don't, just know it's there for peace of mind. Same thing with wearing things that are, are bulky. Oftentimes people will rifle through your things if you do have the unfortunate encounter of having someone hold you up. Again, they're going to turn out your pockets or force you to turn out your pockets. Well, they're not going to make you strip your whole dress off, we hope. Same thing with gentlemen. You can sew them into the insides of your jackets or into a pocket on your undershirt, right in the small of your back. Usually people will not look for it. So it's up to you, preferably a belt for you. Um, all else fails, put it in your sock or in the toe uh, or underneath the foot pad of your um, shoe. Uh, you can do that with an insole, put it underneath, or you can actually wear them inside the sock. There are many places to hide funds uh, for emergencies. You just have to be creative. Uh, for me, I'm not going to tell you exactly where I had it the last few times I've traveled interstate on coach, but I have a very good place to hide them. And um, when I was younger, I would always hide phone money inside of a watch case. I had those divers watch uh, wide leather bands. They're like leather, but they're not. And they had a little pocket behind the dial of the watch. And I would always fold up a $20 bill and tape it to the back in black electrical tape. And then nobody would pay attention. Was it odd? Yes, but it worked. Another thing you're going to want to do is make sure if you're traveling, you take double the amount of medicine you need for the trip. If you're not going to take your actual pill bottles and other kinds of containers with you at that time, take enough to have double supply for your dosages as, as well as your prescriptions. This is when it gets dicey. This is why you need to hold old prescription bottles so you can put them inside of them and not raise eyebrows just in case you get stopped by some weird agency and they want to know why you have loose pills in your pocket. Um, also, upload your prescriptions to the cloud. You can always access them, have your ID and your prescription right there, take a photo, put it in the cloud, so if you're ever questioned, you have proof. And have the number to your pharmacy in the cloud as well. Try to put those in your phone too. That way, if there's any questions, it can be looked up and avoid embarrassing questions. Also, if you have a double supply, that means that if you get held over for whatever reason for travel or inclement weather and the coach is not moving or they're running late, you don't miss a dose. You see how that works? Properly prepared people often have positive outcomes and that's what you want at all times. So make sure you have your meds ready and at least double the amount. Okay, here's the big one. Sleeping. When do you sleep? How do you sleep if you're on a multi-day trip across country on a coach and not feel you're going to wake up penniless and completely lost with nothing, no tickets and everything else? 
one thing you can do is to put whatever it is you need to have in that lanyard. But let's say you can't find the lanyard. You know, what if you can't find something to hang off your neck? Well, another thing you can do is literally put them in a taped fashion against your body if there's something that you can't afford to have go missing, but nobody wants to touch your ticket if it's all sweaty Betty. So here's the thing. Your, your first instinct is to put it in the pocket and hope nobody gets to it. And that's a good instinct. That's a good idea. But if you shove it down the front of your shirt or dress, it's less likely that you wouldn't feel someone taking it. But again, let's say it's winter, you have a turtleneck on, it's inconvenient to do that. Put it on your inside pocket or inner seam of your um, or inner seam uh, pocket of your jeans. That really small one that's for your watch. And that way it's even more difficult for people to catch it. If it's an oversized item like a ticket, put it as deep in your pocket as you possibly can. And make sure that you put something against that side. If you're against the wall of the coach on the inside near a window, then put all your personal belongings and important papers on that side between you and the wall. If you have an aisle seat, you may have to sit on your items just to keep them safe or wrap your purse or bag around you several times or stick your leg through your purse or bag and then bring it up so that the handle is on your thigh. There's many ways you can do it, but securing it to your person so that there's no way it can be moved without waking you up is the easiest way. talk about the garments themselves when you're wearing your garment on the outer side the outer garment you want to make sure that you have something that's durable and can take the weather and that you're not going to be uncomfortable in sleeping in if you fall asleep on a longer ride you want to make sure you have something that is not going to be full of fussy buttons or zippers if you can avoid it so that when you use the facilities to relieve yourself you're not going through an entire Broadway style production you don't want to have to spend a lot of time in the restroom, especially since you could miss your connecting coaches. Another thing to keep in mind is that whatever you're wearing should be able to be washed easily, preferably, or dry cleaned. Take some Shout wipes, no I'm not endorsed by Shout, or other easy garment cleanup wipes, wipes or a Tide pen so that you can actually clean yourself in case you get a spot on your clothing. You don't want to arrive at your destination all dirty and, and stained if you don't have to. Sometimes things can't be avoided, but if you can, try. If you're wearing hosiery, carry a, a little thing of clear nail polish to stop the run on stockings. And a small sewing kit. There, it doesn't take up that much room. Because if you get a tear, you can stitch them shut. Honestly, you really can. And here's another secret. When you're traveling and you're wearing pantyhose, consider actually buying tights instead of pantyhose. Believe it or not, they give you a little bit more support so you're less likely to have as much leg fatigue. And you can, again, stitch them if you absolutely had to. One caution, they are a lot warmer than pantyhose. So exercise your own judgment as far as what terrain and what temperature climate you may be traveling through.
another thing you would want to keep in mind is that when you are traveling, there may be times that you need to lay back and you just can't, but you really want to give yourself some sort of rest. If you have some sort of small, and I do mean very small, like extremely small, very small, either rolled up hand washed cloth, you know, you can put behind your neck when you're laying back. It really helps. It really does. Or you can put it below one knee to relieve pressure, you know, because oftentimes it's the sitting in one position that gets to you. Being able to make small minor adjustments like that can be a lifesaver. You're already packed, so you have room to take it with you. Also, bringing a water bottle is essential, and please pack it with something, if you can, that it's on the outside, so you can retrieve it and put it back without having to unzip everything or unfasten everything. Another thing you want to do, remember we talked about the cloud, take a picture of you next to, or have someone else, of you next to all of your suitcases, just in case someone tries to switch the tickets and the tags. I know, we want to believe in the goodness of people, but we live in the real world, and sometimes things happen. Now, I'm going to get some pushback here, and that's fine, but when it comes to being hungry on the road, you kind of are in a weird spot because they're not going to serve you dinner on a coach. They're just not. What you can do, though, is to bring a packet of gum or mints or some other small snack item to get you through. It could be beef jerky. It could be granola. It could be trail mix. It could be something to get you through. You could also not eat at all and bring something like a licorice stick to chew, only if you don't have high blood pressure, and other things that you can actually uh, use to assuage your hunger. Do not use a lot of salty drinks or snacks because what can happen is you'll get hungry and thirsty at the same time. When I say salty drinks, there literally are things that you can drink that just, they have so much salt in them. Believe it or not, sodas have salt in them to make you want more soda. So you want to be careful with that. Also, if you have health monitoring devices, such as things to monitor your insulin or your heart heart rate or your oxygen level, be advised that you need to check those every hour or two just to make sure everything's okay. If you have a problem, let the bus driver know. But these are things you can do to make it through when you're not sure you're going to make it through without something to snack on. And always remember, listen for your name so the bus driver doesn't leave you. And I think we've probably come to the end of most of this. I guess the last thing would be to maybe like consider having a hat or a scarf just to protect your hair from contamination and to give you a veil against the sun. I really enjoy, you know, sharing these tips with you and my friends and we're friends, right? So until next time, I'll see you here on my magical cottage core life. Don't forget to find me in the Shire. And if you have something special you'd like, 
always let me know. I'm here for you. I really think you're amazing for supporting me through this journey. And I can't thank you enough. All right.